Listen up, Gotham. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Ooh. Hi, Puns, it's me, Harley Quinn. This is Batman. This is Robin. Tune into the Bat Fanatic Podcast. The Bat Fanatic Podcast. The Bat Fanatic Podcast. The Bat Fanatic Podcast with Sammy Warmhands. With Sammy Warmhands. The Bat Fanatic Podcast. Bat Fanatic Podcast. Although, Sam, you might think about changing the name. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's the Dark Knight of Rap, Sammy Warmhands, and this is the Bat Fanatic Podcast. As always, I'll be joined by my co-hosts, Ben and Evan, but I'd also like to shout out our good friend, the Nando Knight, at TNK Comics and Collectibles. You can follow on Instagram for claim sales at the Nando Knight, K-N-I-G-H-T, or on shortboxed.com slash TNK Comics. Now... Today we return to the world of DC animation with a classic Elseworlds tale. We're also going to talk a bit about the differences between this animated adaptation and its 1989 source material. So this is one that surprised me. It's Batman Gotham by Gaslight. The only problem is in both pictures, it blurs you. (laughs) What? I don't know if you know this, but he's in the witness protection program. So yeah, that, it's that, just a feature that's built yeah. in. Yeah, people like celebrities with the clothes that makes them so you can't take their pictures. <laughs> but that's how my face works. You know that song I haven't heard in a long time, but I remember in high school getting that Elefunk CD and being like, you know what, this is actually pretty good. Like it's, it's poppy as fuck, but it's catchy. It's really uh-huh. good. You know, I thought that song "Let's Get Retarded" was hilarious, mm-hmm. and and I play it all the time. And then I remember. It became an NBA TV commercial, and it was Let's Get It Started. And I was like, Look how they mess with my boy. What have they done to my song? (laughs) (laughs) And and ever since then, I've never loved any pop music ever. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I thought it would be funny to just share a little behind the scenes moment. I think it was last night. Yes. I have been working on this redesign in the studio. All of my artwork and autographs took every single thing down off the wall, which is a lot of things. Wound up taking all the oddball sizes of art and photocopying them onto blanks. So now everything is a uniform size. And You don't have to scratch your skin anymore at the sight of these (laughs) non-uniform things. Well, no, it's just like there would be piles of frames. I I approximated I had about $3,000 worth of shit in a pile that didn't have a place on the wall. And I hated it so much because I wanted these things up that I was excited to get, and there was no place to put them. And so I've been working on this for about two weeks. Yeah, and I just finished it last night. I got the last frame I needed. And I get home, and I get a text from Ben that says, what are you doing at Michael's Craft Store? I, To be fair, it's text, so you added that tone. Because I asked it like, hey, what are you doing at Michael's Craft Store? Yeah, because usually he talks like this. <laughs> and so... I get this text and I'm like, I was getting a frame for artwork and I said, what were you doing there? And I was like, oh, well, my girlfriend Mika said, oh yeah, I went to Michael's and I took a picture of this cool van. And I thought she was joking (laughs) because it's just your van with the Take 92 logo on the side. I was like, oh, that's Sam's. Sam's? Yeah, you know, DFS, Batman podcast, you know. Friend Sam? Oh. (laughs) And so he tells me that and I'm like, oh my God, wait a second. (laughs) Because... I had gone into the store. As I was about to leave, another car pulled up to my right. This 
drop dead gorgeous woman gets out of the car and I didn't see her face straight on I kind of saw her from the side and then behind so her she walked your, your animal brain into the triggered yeah, like, yeah there's something walk worth. you know she walked up to the store and I legitimately stopped for a moment and was like god damn <laughs> and I did the Chappelle voice and everything there was no one there and I did it no I know I really I took a moment and I was like good god so you're telling me this that okay your girlfriend took a picture of the van at the store and i was like oh my god i was in it she was the oh jesus christ <laughs> and so i'm like well hey that's i guess a compliment to you guys i don't know like i just uh yeah and then i was like watching maybe this movie are we doing the movie today yeah this movie so I wasn't looking at my phone, and then like, I didn't. Wow, that's a hot cartoon of Anne. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't get back to the phone for like thirty minutes, and so I said, like, you know, I just laughed or whatever. Response. He's like, okay, good, because I was feeling very anxious after. Oh yeah, because sending I, that message and then getting silence. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, I told him that's this. happened to us a couple <laughs> yeah, times yeah. too, where Sam's like biting his nails. And I'm like, oh man, yeah. I'm not, my. I should not have said that. Oh yeah. my god, I yeah, should have yeah. used different <laughs> words. Yeah. And I'm, of course, uh, as this exchange is happening, I'm sitting next to my wife and I was like, oh, oh my God, you got to hear this story. And she's not a person who can. She's not a person. No, she's not. She's a woman. She's a woman. She's a woman. Very appropriate for today's and movie. And they are, yeah. yeah. No, but she is the worst at like she's keeping a straight face. She's not a person. She is the worst this and she's not a person. She's the worst at keeping a straight face. She always breaks character if she's trying to be serious, right? And so I tell her this story, and I was like, you might think this is funny. I don't know. I think it's funny. And I read back the text to her. She gives me, like, perfect deadpan, like, fuck you, straight face. And I was like, oh, come on, man. That was, I thought it was funny. Mm -hmm. Whatever. You oogled your friend's lady's goodies? (laughs) I mean, not really. It It was in the dark, you know. She was fully dressed. And he, like, still, he still noticed, even when it's it was like I was dark like, look and, at them yeah. titties out. Mm. I, that's, I told her that's what you said. Yeah, I said, look at them titties out. Yeah. And I imagined in my head what the underwear configuration was. That's how far we were going in this conversation. And that's why Ange thought it was distasteful. Because as I'm reading these texts back, she's like, this is far too descriptive, and I'm not happy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought it must have just been a joke, because I was like... That's not a cool looking van. Why did you take this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck you. <laughs> Your tour van is much cooler. There's a dragon on the side. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like Ben Affleck's back tattoo. <laughs> All right. Today we are doing Gotham by Gaslight 2018, not 1989, the book. This was directed by Sam Liu, who, of course, directed Year One, The Killing Joke, Soul of the Dragon other things we've talked about is that what we're doing i watched the wrong thing are you fucking with me no i sent you a photo of it wait what the doom that came to gotham that's what i no. watched oh we've joked about this so many mm. times and it finally happened well let's let's Sorry. see if we can do this movie yeah justice yeah, yeah. you know what just <laughs> i'll just make it up this is gonna be wonderful i was gonna be watching this on his phone on silent as we review it yeah ben talks about doing the uh, play-by-play uh, yeah, yeah, can yeah, you yeah, set it to you like one and a quarter le- speed? Yeah, yeah you, no, or no. The way you we wouldn't talk even have to. 0.75 no. speed? <laughs> your, yeah, your future eyes might be able to handle that, but mine, mine can't. Oh, man. Wow. Are you actually going to try and pull it up on your phone? No, I just want to look at the text. If you have the HBO app, oh, you could do it. God damn it, you're right. <laughs> you, you could pull it up. Uh, <clears throat> you're like, this looks old-timey. This must be the one. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to give you an in-the-moment 
Well, I almost apologized for you. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. But uh, this, not, you know, I, I actually find this I upsetting because if you had backed off a little bit on the intro, he wouldn't have known. And we could have gone a little while <laughs> with, with that. Yeah. Like, I'm like, what? Uh, I don't remember any like, of this. My version has a different intro. Yeah. That's strange. So this is written by James Krieg, starring only Bruce Greenwood and Jennifer Carpenter is how it's credited. Bruce Greenwood, of course, being from Under the Red Hood. Which I was... Really excited to hear him again because he's yeah, a great, he was great. Jennifer Carpenter, we know from, of course, Dexter and Brawl in Cell Block 99. Great actor. Music composed by Frederick Weidman, who also mm-hmm. did Hush, Batman vs. Robin, and Son of Batman, which uh, we've talked about two of those before on the show. And as I mentioned, it's based on the Brian Augustin, Mike Mignola. Mignola. Mike Mignola comic Italian. by the same name. Italian. Yeah. And uh, my last DNA test, I accidentally got someone else's DNA on it. So it said I was half Italian, half German. So until the new one comes back, I'm allowed to do that voice. <laughs> nice. I'm just going to say so you like, shouldn't take a DNA test at an orgy. It's just not. They were handing done. them out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was, but yeah, swabs, swabs. They just walk around with that chair. So party like, favor. You're two thirds of the axis of evil right now. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's see if we can fill it out. <laughs> well, Excuse, yeah, right. I just, great, I just great, want to keep those, but I need to come with to a little eat. Japanese yeah. also. So this is hilarious because my notes in the beginning are often. What was your introduction to this story? <laughs> so, Just Evan, right. <laughs> what was your first experience with Gotham by Gaslight? You know, honestly, um, I've yet to have it. Had uh, you heard of it or the book? He's been, yes, okay. both, yeah, both. <laughs> he's been edging. He's waiting till right now before he'll finally release. Now oh we're talking about God. something I know. This is good. <laughs> the new Blink-182 yeah. album? Edging. Is that what? Yeah? I'll talk about that. It's great. It's good. It is good. Ben, how about you? <laughs> have you read the book? No, and the book was one I always saw, which I guess I didn't know Mike Mignola did it. And so if I knew that, I would have been more inclined because I read all of Hellboy. I think I binged in a, a weekend reading all of Hellboy all the way through. Holy crap. And it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, and I love his art. And I guess if I knew he did it, I would have read it before. But otherwise, it seemed like one of those, I don't really want to watch Batman and the 1800s. Pilgrim, or look at Batman Pilgrim Batman? Yeah, that's yeah, exactly what I was yeah. going to say, Pilgrim Batman. But I was wrong. I had the same sort of, that's probably not for me. And then I one day had watched everything you could possibly watch on HBO Max. And I was like, I'm just going to try this thing. And it was a year or two ago. And I just remember being like, God damn, how do you take, like when we did Batman Ninja or something, you take all these characters out of time and in a different place. To me, it's just like, that's not what I want. Mm -hmm. But... It was so well done, I couldn't argue it, you know? That's, Shit. I think, what turned me off. I don't know my own Wi-Fi password. <laughs> the idea of it. Say it into the microphone and your address also. The um, <laughs> 689. Well, I think what I was expecting more was like literally the kind of standard Gotham and Batman and villains we know just put into the 1800s. Mm. So I was expecting like... Croc is a lizard man, but he wears a pilgrim hat and boots and uh, yeah, yeah. all that. Like just everyone showing up like that. Yeah, something a little more gratuitous. And it wasn't that. Like they used the setting and the time really, really well. I'm, I hope you watch this because it is really good. Yeah, I, no, I it's, it's, it's like been on the list. And I think I thought it was the other one because the other one is new. New. 
You're like Sam wouldn't want to watch a pirate Batman thing. Yeah, <laughs> and and they both seem to have like a Let's similar. Look at him. He doesn't uh, even wear the eye makeup. A similar time frame. So both of them have like a Batman with a collar. So I just <laughs> you're like we're watching just, the White Knight animated adaptation. Confused. No, this one's different. This is like a. Oh shit! I got it. I got into my own Wi-Fi. I cracked the code. No round of applause. You're like talented and gifted, right? That's your yeah, thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's what they called me as a child. It's da Vinci code over That's here. That's why I feel like a disappointment all the time. You said it. And we'll just let that hang for a while. <laughs> yeah. So, Gotham City, 1889. We open with Poison Ivy on stage doing a strip tease. And as she leaves the theater, it's into this dark, foggy, London-looking alley. And sensing that she's being followed, she hastens her stride and accidentally walks into a mysterious figure. She tries to play it off, even going as far as seducing him, but he pulls a knife instead. Elsewhere, three kids stick up an elderly couple. No, I'm thinking of a different thing. Three kids stick up a couple walking an home. An elderly couple sticks up three children. <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> what it was. Yeah, skipping by. The uh, subject of Batman comes up, and one of the kids goes, uh, quoting Batman 89, he's like, after what happened to Johnny Gobbs? I don't know. And, and then, you know, the other one's like, forget about it. You know, like, <laughs> hey, Dickie, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Jason. And they continue with the robbery, and Batman, of course, shows up anyway. He quickly disarms these children and beats up the guy <laughs> who supposedly say, just, makes them do it. Just say that sentence again. He quickly disarms these children. Batman, the hero of the people. Yes. Well, no, it's cool because they're, they're trying to rough up some people, and then when they turn on him, he doesn't, like, attack them. He's just like, stop. Yeah. And then they come at him with their stuff, well, they're, they're and he like, just kind of shrugs it all off and knocks their weapons out of their hands. Well, I think you know? they say, like, we can't stop. We have to do this. And then they're the yeah. guy who's, like, making them do it, a huge man. Yeah. And then you see Harvey Keitel from Taxi Driver come yeah. out there. like Batman knocks that fedora off his head. He tells him to go to St. Cadwallas and ask for Sister Leslie saying she'll help you because they were like we don't have anywhere else to go what are you talking and he's like go home like we don't have a fucking home like, alright go to this orphanage here at the church and we are introduced to their names Dickie Jason and little Timmy yes and as this is happening Ivy's scream cuts through the scene from a distance Batman rushes towards the sound but it's too late Evan how'd you feel about this scene <laughs> How do you picture it? <laughs> if you could draw it for me right now. It's like, wait, you're saying Ivy was stripping. Dude, I got hung up on that part. That was, yeah, yeah. I was pulled both ways. That's a wrong way to, wrong term to use, <laughs> pulled both ways. I, I, Finger cuffs? I felt, <laughs> Somebody signed me into HBO. <laughs> I have it, but I don't know. Ah, oh, man. Oh, okay. I see you have my password. This is all hypothetical, guys. We don't actually share passwords with other people. I'm going to sign you out right after this. That's <laughs> fine. Oh, I actually don't like doing that. The sharing accounts with people thing? Yeah, I don't like it. Mm. Like letting people borrow your books is also unethical. They should buy it themselves. Hey, they let libraries do it. It's just a loner, man. But if I had it my way, there wouldn't be libraries. It's socialist. Well, yeah, we burn down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And what, get I don't rid want of the people books. reading. Yeah. yeah. So I felt in this opening scene, I was torn because the initial scene of Pamela, she's not really Poison Ivy, but Pamela, like, doing well, her the stage burlesque name show. is Ivy the Plant Lady, and the guy introduces her as Poison Ivy. Yeah. And so this scene was just shot, like, really well. It set the mood. It was kind of sexy, despite this animation style not being the most, like, 
provocative. Yeah. <laughs> what I always wonder when I see something from like the 1800s and there's like some kind of burlesque or like, you know, stripping thing happening, I'm like, what were they even allowed to do at this point? You know, like I always wonder what, like, what did these guys pay to see exactly? Probably depended, but I'm sure there were places that actually had nudity, the more like, mm. don't tell anyone about this place, we're gonna go, that <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. But otherwise, <laughs> it was like what we saw, like just kind of scantily clad clothing. Sure. But it was animated in a way that was like effective. Like and those I'm, ankles. Oh my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> wow. The, Collarbone. <laughs> yeah, because it's so cold. Everyone's always wearing trench coats. Yeah. Um, but it set the tone of like, okay, I understand this is going to be an adult story. Yeah. Both in terms of what we're seeing, but also the way it's portrayed. It's not like... I didn't even realize it was rated R until... Somebody said, I started you fucking watching. slut. Yeah. No, I started watching it. And, uh, this cartoon is rated R? Yeah. Yeah, it wow. had the, the fucking uh, MPAA thing right before it started. I was like, no shit, I kind of forgot that. So I didn't know any of that going into it. So this scene set that mood of like, okay, I get it. This is for adults. Yeah. I thought the fucking, uh, the murder was pretty harsh too. I was like, good God. The man. murder was super harsh, but that's when I was pulled in the other direction because I was like thinking that, okay, if this is going to be some story where again, it's literally like you just took all the characters from Batman we know and put them back a hundred years or so. Yeah. And now you've murdered one, one of the of most the significant villains right away. Yeah. Like without any real fanfare or anything mm -hmm. like that. Like, oh, is it, is it going to be disrespectful the entire time? So that was my worry of like, on the one hand, it seems mature and complex. And on the other hand, it seems like maybe they are doing something I don't like. They don't care about the characters. Yeah. So and I was, don't think that's the case, but there is one point in which I'll circle back to that. Well, by the end, I'll say I didn't think that was the case either. But at the beginning, that was my worry. I'm like, oh, is it going to be that? I entered it just expecting like, I'm not going to enjoy this. And That's a good way to so, approach the thing. Well, well, no, it was just, it was one of those, no, like, okay. It's the, it's the genre Okay, thing. I bought yeah. Lego yeah. Batman. It's just like, you know, I'm, I'm sure this is not for me, but I'm going to give it a try, right? You know, and, and most of the time, I get a good feel for things. But this one, I don't think I had watched a trailer or anything, and so I'm just watching it cold and going like, okay, that was a surprise, <laughs> you know? And then it kind of gets your attention. It's like a Johnny Cash record, you know, like you... you, you put it on you hear this love song it turns into a murder and you're like wait what the f and you rewind the shit it definitely grabs your attention from the beginning this animation style i will say if you it looks fantastic but if you were to just see a still image of it i'd be inclined to think like oh that's kind of bland or boring <laughs> and the, the fact that everything is brown because of the time period doesn't help yeah but yeah. um white is right huh? Huh? <laughs> yeah that's what i'm getting at. okay that's what i thought i i think you're right though the figure drawings a lot of times are simplified. And I think that that starts in the first place from the animated series and what they kind of established regarding like simplicity. Yeah. But Especially also, that second animated series. Yeah. And I also just think that it's probably easier to animate. Can't have if Jim a person, Lee if a person, Yeah, exactly. If a person has like a wrinkle and then you have to draw the wrinkle in every single frame, it's just I actually that noticed many that. more lines. I watched an episode of the animated series last night, The Terrible Trio, and there's this woman who's the daughter of one of the victims. And she has, it's like they drew, I don't know if they were like moles or wrinkles or something, but she had these two marks on opposite sides of her chin and every time she turned her head they had to draw them and I was like that's weird they normally go very plain mm. in their facial designs it would be designs. nightmarish to like have to constantly move that dot around I know seriously but so this is I don't know if you can tell right away it's all 3D 
it's you don't notice it. It really stands out. Anytime there was like a carriage driver and there was hard perspective shots where like something's coming towards you, those elements look very 3D. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, in the regular scenes, you don't notice it. It's just it's very very like tastefully done. Sometimes when someone turns, you'll get a little glimpse of like you see the model moving versus oh. a drawn animation. Hmm. But for so many of the things we watch that are 3D, that I think look kind of shitty. Or obviously 3D. It's so. funny. You guys have such a better eye for animation, where I'm just like watching the fucking show. Like I, I don't, I don't know those things. Yeah, this is all. This was done. Like I can tell this was made on the specific <laughs> like, software. Um, well, like something like South Park is all also 3D, just yeah. with elements that are all two dimensional. Sure. Or seemingly two dimensional. I don't know. This was just like very slickly done. There were only a few moments. Again, I said, like, anytime you see a carriage driver coming at you, he looks like a Playmobil doll or something, which is weird. <laughs> like, keep an eye on that. In the same style, but just obviously 3D. Yeah. Real Jack the Ripper stuff going on here. Yes, the villain literally is Jack the Ripper. Oh, okay, well, that makes sense. So, yeah, the premise of it is, what if Jack the Ripper came to Gotham? I'm familiar. Have you guys seen From Hell? No. No, but I watched the film... You know, wrote my notes yesterday, and I was feeling pretty high off. I really liked it. Not to get too far ahead here. All this death. But I was like, I've got a fresh, unread copy of the book that I found at a con a while back. Gotham by Gaslight? Yeah. And I've never read it. And sometimes, I think I've talked about this before, like last time I watched the Killing Joke movie, I just read the book, and it played in the background. And so I could hear the voices do his stuff, and it was kind of cool. And and so I kind of like doing that and seeing the differences or whatever. And so I just watched the film, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to crack open that book. And the first page is a fictional follow-up letter based on Mm -hmm. the, like, Jack from Hell thing, Mm -hmm. talking about how... You know, he's eluded everyone in London and now he's in Gotham. And, oh, that's and cool. I was like, wow, what a cool way to open the book, you know? It makes sense too, because that's like Mignola's whole thing incorporating other fiction folklore into. And, yeah. Really? Yeah, because Hellboy is like the more supernatural version of Indiana Jones. Okay. Like the, the Nazis. Indiana Jones, X Files, all yeah. that. Yeah. You know, less digging for artifacts and more combating these things, but notable historic characters are are in it. Like Rasputin is a bad guy. And anywhere he goes in the world, like the mythology of that place of the world exists for real in some way or another. Yeah, yeah. He so he travels to Ireland and whatever local folklore is there, or he goes to Greece and battles a Medusa or something like that. Does he write and draw Hellboy? Yeah. Okay, so this this is based on uh, Brian Augustine's script, so I don't know how collaborative they were in this regard, mm. but it's definitely on brand from the sound of it. Yeah, just pulling, you know, some actual history or like fictitious revisionist history, yeah, yeah. Hi- history into his stuff. Well, I, I forgot to write this down, but I actually felt like this premise is very modern day Tarantino, like the kind of things he does with mm. Sharon Tate or. You know, the Nazis or the slave masters or, you know, whatever those things that he's trying to right this historical wrong, you know. Yeah. And I feel like this is a, just a comic book version of that idea, you know. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Take a real life terror and yeah. go like, and I'm going to have Batman kick the shit out of him. For sure. All right. Petition to get Quentin Tarantino to make Gotham by Gaslight be live action. Let's do it. 
Bruce Greenwood as Batman. Leonardo DiCaprio oh, as Batman. Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> no, Brad Pitt as Batman. All right. The next day, a wild contrast with a bright and sunny Gotham depicting the New World's Fair. One of the attractions is called the Stairway to Heaven, a massive spotlight that we can expect will be the future bat signal. Gotham solicitor Harvey Dent makes a joke about this fair being possible because of Bruce Wayne's money, while Dr. Hugo Strange appears as an expert to assure visitors that the human body can, in fact, withstand the 15 miles per hour Ferris wheel. <laughs> in fact, the human body can withstand up to 35 miles an hour, so I implore you that this is perfectly safe. It's like a... Before you go in and watch Psycho, we have nurses standing by at the <laughs> yeah, ready in yeah. case it's too much for you. <laughs> yeah. Selena Kyle confronts the mayor here, asking how he can assure their safety when women are being murdered in the streets. The police chief says no ladies have been killed, only women of the street, which is in their nature. <laughs> to, to be murdered. Yes. <laughs> Sister Leslie then confronts him as well, saying that Jack the Ripper is a real threat and they'd take it seriously if the victims had been rich. Just as things are reaching a fever pitch here, Bruce Wayne pulls up on a horse and carriage. Sister Leslie says that the last victim, Ivy, was a girl that she cared for at the orphanage. That's another moment where I was like, how far are they going with these characters? Is this going to become Gotham where it's like, and here's little baby Riddler. <laughs> well, this had a, I didn't think about it till just now, but I'm assuming Leslie means past tense because... She's an adult. She's, she's stripping. Yeah. She's not a child from the orphanage. Yeah. I don't know. But it was I just... Mean, it, hey, it was a different time. Yeah, you can't, you can't put our morals on them. <laughs> no, just the idea that like, was it going to be everyone... Went to Leslie's orphanage. Everyone was an orphan. <laughs> yeah, all, am I going to get all that backstory? Yeah, I thought this was a huge city. Everyone's in the same spot. You said they're very much like Jonah Hill when he's possessed. Like, oh, does it? <laughs> does it compel me? <laughs> that night, Batman patrols on rooftop, watching Selina walk home in the dark. Just like Ivy, she finds some of the alleys are blocked off before a shadowy stranger appears. Batman sees him too. But Selina doesn't need saving. She lures him into a vacant butcher shop and pulls a whip from her skirt. That moment. Love this turn. Well, and it was so perfect because she doesn't even say anything. Nope. There's just like, reveal the whip. I don't know if she does something with her coat or and something. And he doesn't say anything. Yeah, change, immediate change in body language that uh, just totally lets you know like something has shifted here and now she is not who you thought she was. Yeah, this is very like... Anne Hathaway in Rises, kicking mm. asses and grabbing people's guns and shooting them. And then, like, as soon as the cops come in, like, oh, oh my, my God, God the damsel, there. you know? Like, it's a reversal of that, but it's It so would be like when hood. he first meets her as the maid, her persona as the maid. Yeah, and then yeah, when yeah. yeah. She just found out. snaps into yeah. it. Oh, man. Backflip out a window. Really good. Selena faces off with the Ripper, but eventually he gets control of the whip and chokes her with it. These are all spoilers to me. Oh, you're not there yet? Not <laughs> no, they're, they, they're currently in the uh, pig room. We're going to take a recess. <laughs> all right, so um, <laughs> watching from the ceiling, Batman jumps into the fight. I would like to note, while it's not drawn, Jack the Ripper must have a chin strap because they're doing very 
active action. And his top hat never falls. Mm. Which is well fit. Yeah. Yeah, snug as a bug. And that day, they made things well. Not like today. <laughs> yeah. Planned obsolescence yeah. bullshit. My uh, top hat only lasted one season. <laughs> With his scarf in front of his face, he looks like the shadow character. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's called Batman, not the shadow <laughs> character. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the Ripper is surprisingly efficient. Selena and Batman both have to save each other once more as the fight continues. Another little moment of like, so what are they doing here? Is this supposed to... Well, yeah, because normally your hero wouldn't fight the main villain this early in the story. And wouldn't have such a hard time of it. So is it like, is this Batman... Unless it's a bad defeat, like with Shredder or something, you know, where he gets his ass handed to him and then like, okay, I'll take that guy seriously. Yeah, but with... Sh- or Bane again. I mean, that's that's the Rises. idea, but with someone like Shredder or Bane, these are people you already know. So the idea this this is Jack the Ripper and Batman's having trouble with him. Yeah. Is it like, is it because this Batman... Sucks. sucks? Yeah, or... <laughs> There's or, no ninja training uh, back Jack then. Jack the yeah. Ripper is superhuman. Yeah. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing of like wondering where we stand, but it just, while I'm still feeling out... Mm-hmm what their overall take on the whole thing is. Like, oh, I thought he was going to beat the crap out of that guy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Could have swore Jack the Ripper was just a human. Yeah. Just, yeah, a guy. Eventually, Jack falls through a trap door and gets away. Selina is furious, scolding Batman for ruining her one chance to stop him. Oh, is that a trap? Was she she luring him? Yes. That's why it's such a great turn is that she is... Wandering the same back oh, alleys yeah, okay. at the same kind of time where these women disappear, and you know, she gets him inside, yeah, yeah exactly, okay. and then turns on him. And I think that's great because we see right away both her and Leslie, as they may have said back then, the gumption that they've got, you know, they the fucking spirit, you know, yeah. like gumption. they're they're not even being. Women at a time where women do not have the same rights, they're like fucking not having it. Like, yo, mm-hmm. if this was your rich ass fucking sister, you know, the guy would be behind bars right now yeah. or, you know, hanging from the gallows. But no, because it's our people down here in the fucking slums, you know. Mm. And so I, I just really like badass empowered women and even making Leslie Tompkins a nun, which is so, it's a perfect way to fit her in I think yeah. but she's also not a passive character which sometimes she is sometimes she'll stand up to Bruce and be like yo you're fucking taking this too far but like you don't really see her necessarily out there advocating publicly for her cause and so I just yeah. I like everything about this are you caught up yet? How are you doing? <laughs> um, uh, are they fighting? I don't know no no I'm past that is this Gordon right here? Uh, yeah yeah okay. Gordon is talking to somebody else. Okay, so the next killing happens in Gordon's nightmares. He wakes up to an empty bed, but finds his wife safe in the kitchen. He steps outside while she makes some breakfast, and Batman surprises him on the porch. He says not to underestimate Jack the Ripper. He's not a lunatic, but someone well-trained. And Gordon's like, listen, I don't need your conjecture. (laughs) Uh, I deal in evidence. Then Batman has a great response, so he's like just completely flatly then says a whole bunch of like, well, he's this tall, he's done this, he has this training, he knows this. Yeah, yeah. He does that. It was like, there you go. And there was one beat in the last scene which gets repeated I'll just here. Just Batman for the win. <laughs> yeah, character accurate. That when she's um, 
when Catwoman is scolding Batman about getting in and interrupting her. Yeah. And really to underscore this point, she's upset because this guy is killing these people. The police aren't doing anything about it. And so she is pulling the vigilante here going, maybe I'm the only chance to stop this guy is by using myself as bait, which is fucking risky that she was willing to do that. And then to have someone else interrupt and the guy get away is fucking devastating. And she's like, you're so arrogant or you think you can do this or you whatever ruined it as if they're going to have an argument. And when she turns back, we get the first He's gone. beautiful gone. It's like, oh, well, thank you for that at least. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and that's, that is like one of the, maybe like thinking Earth One is another one where I was really like noticing those moments and thinking about what they represent. Yeah. And the idea, the same as when he's listing off those statistics to Gordon and when he goes Gordon as well of like, he doesn't grandstand. Yeah. He's not here to talk to you. Not yeah. really. Like he, he's, he's got stuff to do. So he'll he's share just his <laughs> yeah. point and then he'll get the fuck out. Yeah. Uh, back to the scene with Gordon. He hands Batman an unpublished letter that Jack the Ripper had sent to the Gotham Gazette. And, you know, it's a Zodiac kind of letter, which I, I guess I'm sure Zodiac was inspired by Jack the Ripper sending well, his letters and stuff. A bunch of copycat dorks. Yeah, totally. And so Bruce reads the letter at home. It says that he loves his work cutting whores and those who defend them, promising to send more innards in the future because the real Jack the Ripper supposedly sent a portion of a kidney from one of his kills to the newspaper or something. And the note is written with grammar that's like, all yous are going to see what's coming to you, like that yeah, kind of vibe. Of Bruce says to Alfred right there, this appears to be an educated man impersonating that of an uneducated one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I think is a really great observation. Yeah. The penmanship itself looks like somebody who can write intentionally, making yeah. it sound like they're dumb. Alfred insists that Bruce make a public appearance before Batman hits the streets. From the balcony of a theater, Bruce and Harvey watch Selena's provocative song and dance, which I can't remember exactly. It's something about loose women or something. I can't remember exactly. Because I remember I had the subtitles on and they spelled women phonetically. And I was like, that is some weird old timey shit. It, <laughs> like it must be the name of the song. Uh. It was like M-M-I-N or something mm. like that. Backstage, the three of them talk in her dressing room. Selena takes a liking to Bruce and Harvey gets jealous. We also get a nice like silhouette striptease. Which, oh, as she's getting dressed behind the curtain. Which in the same vein as like the Ivy initial scene to start it, mm -hmm. everyone is dressed so like modestly yeah. and frumpily. Mm -hmm. That's a nice character moment of like, she's like, I don't care. Like, mm -hmm. I'm going to, I know what you're seeing here. Yeah. I'm, but it's the, this, is, this is who I am. The Austin Powers silhouette <laughs> moment. <laughs> so yeah, Harvey gets jealous and she says he's got a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde when he drinks. Bruce sneaks her in with them to the men's only Dionysus Club. She notes that he's been fake drinking, pouring out his glass in potted plants when no one's looking. He then surmises that she's running from a traumatic past, circus life circus or something, and the, yeah. reinvented herself as a stage performer. Apparently, they both have a mutual friend and sister, Leslie, which is why Selena stands up for the voiceless victims as well. Then a few scenes later, we learned that Commissioner Gordon was an orphan with, uh, <laughs> Look, with uh, Sister Leslie. You could take this too far, but I like how all this is integrated so far. I really do. Yeah. 
Bruce realizes that Leslie is an avowed champion of the, quote, whores and low lives, making her a prime target, according to this letter from Gotham. So they realize they have Leslie in common. They're chatting at this bar, and he's like, wait, Leslie? Oh, fuck, she's, oh, my God. This guy had said not just these victims, but anyone else who defends them. Yeah. And so if Jack the Ripper was present earlier today... When she's making a big fuss, like, holy shit, like, she's going to be on the kill list. When they read that letter the first time, I was thinking Batman. Mm. The people who defend them, not making that connection either, that it was her mm. that he's talking about. Actually, sir, I was thinking of myself. Cut to Leslie, locking up at the church. It's late, and she finds one of her parishioners drunk in the courtyard, who is obviously played by Tara Strong. <laughs> Hey, yo, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Leslie sends her back to her room and keeps on walking. Bruce pulls up in a carriage taxi thing and hops the fence. The drunk old lady sees him from the window. Jack the Ripper finds Leslie, though, before Bruce does. Defiantly, she says, I won't beg or go hysterical. I won't give you the satisfaction. When Bruce arrives, she's already says, dead. I forgive you. She does. I forgive you. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Fucking some... Bold last words there. And this is just another moment of like, okay, I get the tone of this because I was expecting her to be sick. Back to the Future 3. Oh, like uh, it turns out she McFly. had fly. <laughs> oh, I thought she had like, you know, a metal plate on it. Oh, yeah, the cleanest <laughs> thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that they've now killed, they've now murdered another important character yeah. brutally. And mm. you didn't get the rescue you were hoping for or anything. Like, okay. Yeah. I think they do a good job right away of giving you stakes, you know, you're already feeling the like, oh God, you know, just right in the first two minutes. You There's know? no, there hasn't been any four foot tall Mad Hatter screeching weird things or anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> well, and I also like that it's not, it's real and it is adult, but it's not gratuitous either. Like, you know, the Ivy stuff is a little hard to watch, but it's also not directly showing this stuff so it's not like okay it's r-rated guys so we're gonna fucking make all the blood get and tom savini in here to consult yeah. on this yeah I, it's it's not that and so i like that it feels real and you feel the loss and you feel the impact of the violence it doesn't feel like cool you know or something but it's done to serve the story you know yeah. alfred finds bruce upstairs which is great by the way the grandfather clock still goes to a private quarters that's not the cave beneath but he still has his own little cave and bruce is with a microscope and we'll love this analyzing fibers and there those are beakers finger in the background. prints you speak of which will never be admitted as valid evidence in trial. <laughs> and he's also found a Dionysus membership pin with Leslie's blood on it. He's getting closer to finding a suspect because that at least narrows it down. People who are members of this rich guy club, basically. Yeah, which is the, the spot they were drinking at earlier with Selena. Everyone is there for Leslie's funeral. Dr. Hugo Strange approaches Bruce saying that certainly Jack the Ripper is present among them. He tells Bruce to ask around, try to get Batman to visit his office. And we don't know if this is like a... Like, I know it's you. Yeah, Hugo Strange or, knows Batman and Bruce Wayne is Batman kind of thing, or... He's like, you know people, come on, you know. Alfred, Just tell him to be there at midnight. Yeah. I feel like that's, I know you're Batman. Yeah. I got that too, but it's never 
stated and it's never followed up on, so we can only speculate. Alfred catches those kids stealing from his carriage. They said that Leslie looked after them and they have nowhere else to go. So he says, look, I occasionally would have some work to be done. If you need some food, you come see me. Hands him a card with the address of Wayne Manor. The drunk lady then approaches Bruce here at the funeral in public to say, I know what you did. I saw you there and causes a big scene. You can pay me off if you want. Dragged away. A, you'll have to pay me to keep me silent. Yeah. You have to pay me in liquor. Um, later, pay me and liquor. <laughs> later at Strange's office, he welcomes Batman, but it turns out to be Jack coming out from the shadows. Strange pleads with him saying, he's not a streetwalker. This doesn't fit the pattern. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Why would you come after? Like, you know, you have a thing. Don't ruin the thing, you know. Stick with your shtick. <laughs> yeah. As Batman arrives, Strange gets tossed into a pit of feral prisoners yeah, who rip feral. him apart. This, uh, Yeah, they're like... Oh, I'm excited about that. I think I'm like rabid there. animals. This, this, the vision of this asylum from this arrow is like oh, extremely effective. looks terrible. Do they eat him? It's like they just tear him apart. Yeah. And it's, it just seems like horrible. But that idea of like... Yeah, Evan, you want the headphones for this part. It's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, okay. It really gets you going. The, um, like the pinnacle of their psychological science of this era is like, yeah, throw all the nuts in a pit. Yeah. We'll yeah. just all live in the pit together and we'll observe them and do whatever. Well, they had cells for people, but then there's also like, but down there, those are the real degenerates. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's no saving them. I bet facilities like that must have been so terrible in the past. Oh God, they were yeah. That's the whole reason why sure they let people out. Not great now. <laughs> well, that's why. Yeah, they, well, uh, but I I feel like at least now they have. But like, if you could only imagine how much worse they were. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like back in the day, you didn't have like bleach to clean the walls off with or something. Like how it's how just, disgusting would these places be? They emptied out all the sanitariums in the eighties because there was so much abuse and mistreatment, and they were ineffective. Yeah, and that's where you see people now. And then they never like, gave you an alternative. Yeah, well, and, yeah. and now they're like. There are loony people everywhere. That's especially living in Eugene. It's like, oh, that's raise my undeniable. hand. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because there are no asylums, but like they empty them for a reason. Yeah. But so if you go back a hundred years, when people cared about other people even less, or had even less of a sense of like, mm -hmm. this is maybe a standard of human treatment. Yeah, and also just power corrupts too. Yeah. You know, if you're given responsibility over human life that society has deemed. Not just undesirable, but untrustworthy. So like anything this person says, they're Uns not going to believe. I can do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Batman chases Jack to a blimp and gets shot by police. The police. As they flee. Very Batman appropriate. The police dirigible. Yes. <laughs> Zeppelin. <laughs> he fights Jack in the cockpit and then on the rooftops before eventually fighting on top of the blimp in the moonlight. It's a cool silhouette shot. Oh, this entire scene. Rocketeer right there. Oh, yeah, yeah. A, a Zeppelin fight is, is Rocketeer. Well, you've already had at least one fight scene, but this is the first one where I really appreciated the quality of the choreography and the yeah. speed of the animation because it it's, hits that sweet spot. And I was thinking about one of it is that they do such a good job with the... Uh, form and like defensive postures mm -hmm. yeah because it's very easy to show batman like standing with his arms at his side and then you know moving out of the way or blocking somebody but to have him be in like a boxer's position blocking from a an actual defensive posture instead of some yeah. like insane thing mm -hmm. they hit the speed perfectly because it's fast enough to be very like visceral and effective but not so fast that it looks impossible 
Yeah. Like mm. Batman spinning around to dodge the bullet at the end of Under <laughs> the, the Red Hood. Hood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's never that. It's just well, fast enough to be like exciting and you really believe these guys would kick the shit out of us. Yeah. And I mentioned Sam Liu, the director. I was also bored the other night and didn't want to watch like a two and a half hour movie. So I looked for something short and I was like, you know what? I haven't watched Soul of the Dragon in a while. Been reading a lot of comics. I'm going to just watch this. I enjoyed it more now, I think, than <laughs> I did before. The back half is still a bunch of nonsense, but all the stuff, all the stuff with Shiva was so good. And the way that those fights are choreographed, like, I don't know if you remember when Richard Dragon and Bruce Wayne first go to find Shiva at this gladiator pit, you know, and she's kind of watching them or whatever. And the guy does a dirty move, and so she steps down there to humiliate him. And both this scene and the one finger scene, Uh the sensei is like, yeah, but you can only defend yourself with your index finger or whatever. Both of those... You see her exercise this great restraint, like what you're talking about, like to watch someone dip and dive out of the way Mm -hmm. and all this stuff, but then use a couple really effective takedowns or something. And those action sequences are so much more satisfying than anything you usually see in Batman animation. And I think that this dude just knows how to do realistic action. Yeah, I I think of it, in terms of like uh, Shinichiro Watanabe, the guy who did Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo, mm-hmm. both because I can't imagine it's all him. He must have like some kind of fight coordinator or somebody oh, for sure. to do that. But then also to get the visual aspect of how you shoot that, even if it's all fabricated, yeah. how do you set up the camera to make this exciting and visually interesting? I point him out because there are sort of the average for these DC animation films that we've seen that are not the best. And even... You know, the ones with Damien that were like kind of hit or miss or whatever. Mm -hmm. They still had good action beats. And so like I point to this guy as just just seeming to be, if he's not the one taking the reins and doing it himself, he at least knows the right people to put in to get this feel, you know, because a lot of them, they just don't have that. Efficiency. This is the scene where now I really got a feel for both Jack and Batman of like, they are both skilled. It wasn't yeah. just some weird like this Batman sucks or this guy's superhuman or whatever. It's like, yeah, it wasn't you- a fluke because I mean that first time, Selena had the element of surprise, and then added on to that, Batman had the element of surprise, and this dude still claws his way out of the situation, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so now you're seeing them both sort of more or less prepared on even keel, and and he's rarely retreating. Like sometimes he does retreat when. You know, something's about to explode, but generally he's going in for the attack. He's yeah. not afraid of Batman. Yeah. I mean, at the end of this, I'm at the Zeppelin is crashed and blown up and Batman's like outside the tavern. Batman looks pretty haggard. And the last time I saw Jack, he looked pretty chill. Yeah. Yeah. Got out of that kind of unscathed. Yeah. Yeah. So police shoot down the blimp and Jack escapes in the fire. Being the only suspect in sight, The cops chase down Batman for the murder. Gordon arrives and orders them to stand down. He says, there will be no lynch mob on my watch. We'll try him. Classic Gordon. Yeah, we'll try him. He'll get a trial. If he's found guilty, we'll hang him. Exactly, yeah. Listen, Bullock, you ape. (laughs) (laughs) Selina pulls up in a carriage and tells Bruce to hop in. This escape reminds me 
of Andrea Beaumont in Mask of the Phantasm. They're having the under construction skyscraper thing, and you know he, he takes off his his cowl and cape and sends it at the helicopter, you know, whatever. Mm. And then she pulls up in the car. I was like, get in. get in. I had a little moment of, so you're roaming through this huge city. It, granted, it's in this small area, but still, it's a big city. And all these cops are on foot searching for you, and they can't find you. And Selena manages to immediately pull up to the correct alley and open up the door <laughs> and get in. There was a moment of like, that's... It made more sense in Phantasm, yeah. but I still like it. Uh, I let it go. Police stop them in the street shortly after, but Bruce and Selena undress in the carriage, so it looks like they've been fucking when they open the doors and they're like, what are you got? Oh, uh, have a good night, sir. You know. <laughs> Madam? The drunk that lady... That lucky bastard. Yeah. <laughs> That's what one of them says. The drunk lady is found as the next victim dead in the river, making Bruce a prime suspect after their argument in public. He wakes up with Selena, and she is enamored with him. She said that when she first felt his hand, she thought that's the hand of a trapeze artist. And he said that with the whip fighting, I'm betting you were a lion tamer. And you used a some specific dismount that's very circus acrobat. Yeah. Was it James Bond and Vesper Lind yes, that's exactly that have it. this yes. report? Yeah. Where they both read each other immediately. Yeah. And it's a cheap... I always think of like a writer writing a brilliant character, but a writer is just a normal person. And so like their justifications for why they're brilliant often are like stupid. It's like, well, these are things the character wouldn't know, but I already know them. And I don't have smart. to look up this yeah. technical jargon. <laughs> so that in this scene, they pay that off with like an actual explanation of why he thought that earlier. I was like, that's perfect. Yeah. You actually, you're paying it off. And it's still with like their rapport. Like this weekend, I read that entire Batman Catwoman from Tom King, the uh. whole 12 issues. And so seeing this back and forth with them was like, oh yeah, this is right what I'm into right now. This yeah. is great. When he's arrested, Selena tells Bruce not to worry because Harvey will sort this out. Then the cops say it was Dent who tipped them off because uh, he's still jealous that they were fucking. Outside, Bruce pleads with Gordon. But he doesn't have any sympathy either. Bruce is charged with three murders and denied bail. Selena visits at Blackgate and implores him to disclose his identity because Batman has an alibi. She says, and this is, again, keeping true to her character's objective from the beginning, I'll be damned if I let another girl be murdered so that you can keep your precious secret. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Love this writing. Yeah, I'm working to my own goal. We just happened to align for a little bit. Now this is in the way. Yeah. Bruce draws a coded message in stick figures. and I love that. That's such... This is a moment when that happened. I was like, this could only ever be adapted from a comic book. Because no way anyone else would be like, so I got this idea for this animated movie. It's Batman, but in the 1800s. <laughs> And he draws in stick figures as a code and just like all these, there's dirigibles. It's so strange and weird that it could only be adapted from something where you're allowed to take more risks. And if it was successful, okay, sure, we'll turn it into animation. Mm -hmm. Okay, now here's where I'm going to blow your mind. I'm reading the book after the film and I'm about 10, 12 pages in and nothing from the film has occurred yet. 
And I'm yeah. like, this is very interesting. Like, this is quite a prologue. I'm, you know, like really, but it's not a long book. And so I'm going and I'm going and uh, there are a couple story beats that are the same. But I was actually more impressed with this adaptation because it is not like the year one or the Dark Knight Returns or whatever where they're just doing it word for word. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's not like the killing joke where they just took, okay, well, here's the meat of it and then we're going to pad it with some filler. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a true adaptation. They took this premise and core elements of it and this is an original piece of writing. That's hmm. really cool. That makes me want to read the book now. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like they're perfect companions to one another mm. more than it's a remake. That's cool. And it's fucking really cool because I had a unique experience watching and a unique experience reading. Mm. So when you talk about these elements, like, oh, that's clearly from, I had the same feeling. I was like, well, yeah, you would, you I'm would sure just assume. 80s comic book logic, you know, but no, like it's fucking, it's all for the most part, everything we're seeing here is you from this. this writer here, which is I great. I kind of like, for example, there's this, it's a manga <laughs> named Bleach. And I gotta leave. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> to go read all of Bleach. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll be, be back in seven years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the cartoon ran for a point and then stopped, but it stopped before like the last arc mm. of the story. And I don't know what the reason actually was for that. Um, but they must have decided that there's like enough interest or something, or maybe they just wanted to do it right because it looks so much better than the old stuff. But now they're putting out the animated version of this last arc. Ten oh, years cool. Later yeah, 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 yeah. Years, like the comic is done. That's a comic ended years ago. Yeah. And the cool thing is that somebody, maybe it's the author or I don't know, decided that based on the reading, they wish that they had a little more info or something. Mm -hmm. And so they're using the cartoon as an opportunity to like fill in some of those spaces. There are nice. a lot of complaints about that last arc. Yeah. So it's like, that's good. It's whenever we get the last couple of Game of Thrones books, well, but, it will be so much better than the show. <laughs> it'll be like, also, oh, I'll scratch that off. I'm the, not going to do that now. Yeah, because you have the benefit of time of hindsight exactly. to go well shit you know what let's have done better let's, what, what criticisms are valid what yeah let's ask those questions yeah. now as we're writing this adaptation and that's really interesting so even if that this was an example of that you know on on one hand it could just tell like a companion story that was kind of related yeah or it's just a scenario where they just have the benefit of coming you know 20 years later or something. Mm. Well, okay, what did they do right? And what would I include in this now? And what could have been a little fuller? Where was yeah. information lacking and stuff? It's much more minor, but it does remind me of the Red Hood book to the Red Hood movie where... Mm. Which I still haven't read because you told me, like, no, it's way different. <laughs> well, the, the weirdest and biggest change is that Jason Todd coming back to life as a result of, like, crisis. Mm. Like a universe reset because of Infinite Crisis or one of those big crisis events mm. where like he's brought back to life but he's still in the coffin or something weird yeah. instead of the much more elegant like oh they just the tossed Lazarus him in a Lazarus, the, Lazarus yeah. Yeah. the point about the stick figures is perhaps the only silly moment in the whole thing because they never 
show Alfred reading it later. And yeah, you don't like, need to. Ah, you know, whatever. I, I kind of wish it had just been words that didn't make sense and that, you know, they kind of showed... I love it. It's meant, still but, so strange that they um, came up with that code. Yeah, that that's <laughs> the thing. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> or like Morse code or anything. I don't know. But anyway, so he bribes a guard to deliver this message to his house. At mealtime... Bruce beats up the biggest bully who's fighting with everybody and starts a riot. A perfect yes. Bruce Wayne Batman kind of fight scene. Using the commotion as a cover, he steals a cop's uniform and escapes. Fucking awesome. Very, uh, I think it was White Knight Harley. He's locked up and she needs help at the end. Remember, he shows up with her new suit and the Batmobile and all that shit. I vaguely remember that. Yeah, yeah. he like traps Jason and comes up with this fucking ruse and then he locks himself back up anyway so selena tries to find gordon but only finds a hostile harvey dent which at this moment they're like oh this is the dude there's mm-hmm. a really nice visual moment when jack kills hugo strange hugo strange gives him a mask he says and he says something to the effect of like right. oh here this mask will greatly suit you and not only is that a really cool design because it's still just the same basic outfit he had, which is like a big trench coat, some kind of thin necktie, and then his top hat. But now he has this almost like Court of Owls style, yeah, like Grecian Tribal Roman mask. mask. Yeah. yeah, like flat white, just very interesting features. And that character design is great for this because it's it looks appropriate for the era, but it's just unique enough to be like, okay, this is a Batman villain. Yeah. I can imagine yeah. them coming up with some like dumb name that's also appropriate. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think uh, if supervillains existed through history in a like not just a bad pirate or not Genghis <laughs> Khan or something. Yeah, I mean, because those could be supervillains, I guess. But, but you know, the but two famous a, supervillains from history, Genghis Khan and bad pirate. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, um, but they're more fantastical people, but they don't have the benefit of spandex and like these modern day clothing yeah. things. And so what would they look like? You know, just Normal clothes with a mask or, so, or something. Yeah. I think that's cool. A cape. Yeah. yeah. But so that mask thing as well really leads into the whole like, oh, is it Harvey at this point? He's betrayed yeah. him. Jekyll and Hyde. Mm-hmm. The character has a mask. All mm-hmm. that kind of. Yeah. And the way that he talks down to Selena has a palpable dose of the sexism it that has Jack that, the like, Ripper that mm-hmm. has. Very much a nasty woman. You're just a yes, nasty woman. Exactly. Like, you chose him, so you're fucking beneath me, you know? It's like that DM that's like, show me your tits. Well, fuck you anyway, you I never bitch. wanted them yeah, in the first yeah. place. Also, at this point in the story, I'm now thinking the whole, like, Columbo, is this going to be one of those reveals where it's like, it was you the whole time, and it's we had no way of knowing who this person was. Or A we character never saw them. that you're introducing for the first time? <laughs> yeah. It was one of the kids. No, it was all three <laughs> was kids all, standing yeah. on top of yeah. each other <laughs> in a trench coat. <laughs> oh, I want that fight scene and then cut to the alley where they all <laughs> yeah, jump out of the cool. coat. Yeah, that's cool. I'm into that. Um, but so now we're getting to that point where I'm like, oh, is it Harvey? Because we haven't seen enough people. Like, who could it be? I, I, he seems a little lame he to be this badass villain. He seemed like the but, only option at that point, really. Sorry, Evan. We're saying at that point, no, so it a, might not good. be him. I like that when you set stuff in this time period. You, you can, can say call bad things these, about women, and they're yeah, all yeah. Okay. You can call him a whore, and it's actually just occupational. <laughs> I think it still had an edge to it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's a tone thing. So Selena, she's getting chewed out by Dent. She leaves to the fairgrounds and finds Gordon. 
At the same time, those street kids deliver a crate, as a task from Alfred, to a vacant part of town, and Batman greets them. At Gordon's house, he finds a hidden door and a private office with blades, body parts in jars, and... Newspaper clippings of the crimes of Jack the Ripper. Yes. You see what I have to work with here? (laughs) (laughs) The nerves were completely severed. Uh, Implicating Gordon as the killer. Barbara defends him, saying that he's out there doing his holy work. We even see there's like a scar on her face behind her hair. And she's like manically enthusiastic. Like, and he cures the sin for me. Yeah, burns the sin out or something. And having just watched a true crime adaptation on Showtime with uh, Andrew Garfield's Under the Banner of Heaven. It's like very interesting because, oh, I made a joke because you were in Utah on vacation and I was like, oh, watch out for them (laughs) Mormons, uh, those Latter-day Saints or whatever because, you know, this was very much this like cult killing. Uh They are true believers. Like they, they're like, oh yeah, well then she must blood atone, you know, like just fuck, you know. Listen, I'm seeing that kind of. Guys, I don't make the rules. (laughs) It just turns out a blood atonement is what's required in this instance. I'm sorry. (laughs) It sounds harsh. You have the book just as I do. We didn't see the plates. We do have the books. It's like a fiction. They're part of this religion, but then one of them goes rogue and starts to uncover like the past of the religion Mm. and like the eras they don't talk about. And then he's like, ooh, we should practice this. This is the real shit, you know? And then those people get- (laughs) They were too weak to continue the real traditions. Yeah, it sounds like a supervillain kind of story, but no, it's just these like sad, fanatical murderers. Well, if you take away all the costumes and stuff that we're talking about in these supervillain stories, they are just obviously disgusting, shitty people. Yeah. So at the fairgrounds, Selena's talking to him, and Gordon just starts putting on his Ripper attire. He eases into the like his shift in vocabulary and tone of yep. like, well, the corruption seeping down. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's like, I feel really bad about betraying Bruce's secret, but it just you know it's it's something we had to do. And he's like, yeah, very typical of your seductive harlotry mm-hmm. that you would betray the trust using your feminine wiles. Like, oh, my yeah. God. Uh, oh, my God. He's been red-pilled. <laughs> <laughs> um, he then drugs Selena with an injection. And she's weakened but still standing and whips him and then stabs him with a hat pin. Also, the injection was a really nice period-appropriate thing because it was like laudanum and heroin and alcohol mm-hmm. which is like a cure women's insanity kind of like <laughs> just drug them that will yeah. yeah one of those uh what do they call it go to all cures what was the term they had for it was it like feminine hysteria i think oh. it's hysteria oh hysteria because like you know hysterectomy i'm pretty uh, sure hist- like heroin literally would hysteria fix anybody's huh. hysteria huh uh, insanity caused by being a woman <laughs> bitches be crazy as he stalks Selena, she smears her blood on that spotlight we saw earlier and turns it on. Fucking love this. It's awesome, but also, like, I imagine someone, like, is that a lizard symbol? Which is crazy. Yeah, a bunch of people are like, <laughs> what if, like, a bunch of people a show lizard up? lizard man shows yeah, up. Like, oh, damn, we all interpreted it It's wrong. the Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I don't like about this is they set it up in the beginning. She does it right now, and I'm like, fuck Yeah. And then they don't show it, do they? No, they show it. Okay, I was they just writing my sky. notes. That's, yeah, a, yeah. that's my joke because it looks like a velociraptor running forward. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It just looks like a whole and bunch of things. And when you get there, you'll have to show me. Um, I'll go back. Or, oh, you're past it. Yeah, yeah. 
which is great. And that's what it would be. It's a great way to use the bat signal like that. But a part of me was also like, that doesn't look like a bat. It's like the silhouette of Falcone. <laughs> You're like, that is a plump bat. <laughs> yeah, if it is uh, one. <laughs> You're right. This is open to interpretation. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you see like a little roadrunner running that's, to the left? Or? Yeah, that's like if Dustin Wen drew the bat signal. <laughs> it's a little abstract, yeah. you know. Use your imagination. Uh, I'm digging his motorcycle on this part. That's a cool mechanical design. Show it to me. I don't even remember what it looks like. It's awesome. I was so it's just a show me our motorbike that, from the future. <laughs> I'm obsessed with the past. You talking about me now or no, Ben? Because he's so future that he's. You guys aren't gonna <laughs> like it. That's all I'm saying. So I live in the now and the past. Future's real rough. Hey, I've watched Terminator too. I know what to expect. Now I just immediately put into my brain is you clinging to the chain link fence as the shockwave <laughs> blasts the Get flesh off your body. <laughs> hey, one can hope. I think that scene too is pretty like shows the 3D. Yes. That it's 3D models. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, that's just cool to me. I must have been looking somewhere else for that because yeah. I don't remember seeing that at all. This so that's what was in the box they dropped off. Okay. Oh, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that makes it sense. It never that's occurred cool. to me because I'm so used to seeing Batman drive around on stuff that yeah, didn't even register. So that's my bad. That's what the kids brought in crates. So Gordon drags Selena onto the Ferris wheel, which, worth noting, it's actually called a fox wheel when it's introduced, implying that Lucius Fox exists in this time. Which is cool. Yes. <laughs> but he drags her onto the Ferris wheel and rants about his self-righteous crusade. That is so good. And so right is what I mean to say. So true. <laughs> no, I mean, just a perfect villain. Perfect villain in general because he believes... His garbage, yeah, but yeah. also period appropriate because it says like something about you could say a lot of eras, but specifically that era. This one, or okay, got yeah, it. our current era, but yeah. also the humanity in general. But that era, that like why the real Jack the Ripper in part got away with it because of the attitudes towards women. Yep, there's like a religious aspect entwined in it, and um. it's like even though he's targeting these people, it's clear as it goes on that he's like he hates everything and everyone, and everyone's yeah. the problem, and I'm the problem, and all this. It's just like. Off the rails. Yeah, because he's he also talks about immigrants and stuff like that. It's yeah. like it's not just ladies. You don't just have like a vendetta because your mom was mean or something. Yeah, they're the easiest target. It's just for the him. standard yes. scapegoat. Now Batman shows up, and as he and Gordon kick the shit out of each other, it occurs to me that Gordon never got that letter from the Gazette. He wrote it for Batman himself, hmm. which I like the kind of thing that you can read again or watch again later knowing the twist and appreciate those scenes in a different context of like, oh, he's just feeding him shit. You yeah. know? Or like, he just wants him to, he wants him to read his ramblings. You well, know? And the, I did not see him being the villain at all because they're, his a nightmare. They downplay his role a bit too. Yeah, he's not constantly present. But I mean, even that plays to it because he's always showing up slightly late. Because he was obviously involved in it, yeah. So he's quickly changing his clothes and coming back. But the what really threw me on it was his nightmare, where he's mm -hmm. envisioning his wife getting killed. Oh, by you're the right. You're and right. He wakes up and he's like, "That's a real nightmare." He woke up to she was there, which is excellent on multiple fronts. Because kind of one, showing how unhinged he's yeah. really become. Yeah, he's afraid of him. He's like afraid of himself. Yeah, afraid of it happening to her. He's not really all about that. But that's he a great is. insight. But then also using that to misdirect the audience. Yeah, of yeah. like I. That's where I was like, well, who could it be? Because yeah. there's four characters in this. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> yeah. it's not Inspector Gordon, yeah. no way, yeah. You wouldn't be afraid of that if you were the killer. Yeah. 
it's Unless Mayor you were Tullock really, or whatever. Yeah. Or Commissioner, whatever is. I don't know. It was Selena the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it was Leslie from Beyond the Grave. I still like my it's three kids stacked up in a trench coat. <laughs> yeah, I also theory. like that. It should have been that, it's honestly. Lock, shock, and barrel. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like something stupid like the Joker or just like out of left field with no introduction. Sure. I'm digging all these scenes with the burning Ferris wheel. This is awesome. Oh, it's amazing. I love amazing a good so much fire. I love a good showdown setting. And how do you do that in an old time way when there's not modern weaponry and gadgets and all this stuff, you know? Yeah. One thing speaking of gadgets, when Batman used the grappling hook to get onto the blimp, right? And he's he's hanging from behind it. I was like, well, wait a second. Why didn't you just use that a minute ago? I can't picture it exactly, but he was chasing There was a, the he had Ripper. to jump across a broken catwalk, basically. Yeah, and I, and I was like, oh, he doesn't have his fucking tricks. He, he can't do it. And then like 30 seconds later, I was like, oh, he, he had that the whole time. He has one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah gotta save it. Yeah. It's gotta make it count. Be sure you need it. Reloadable thing. <laughs> that makes sense. Gordon nearly falls off the Ferris wheel and cuffs themselves together as Whoa. Batman reaches to save him. So a classic moment of the villain's fallen, Batman reaches to help him, and you know the villain would attack in some way. And this time, he just cuffs their hands together. So now it throws a whole new angle to the fight choreography because now it's one of those, like, it reminded me of uh, the newest Creed movie, I think, where they do some kind of thing. They tie their legs Can to each other. So it's all... Me? <laughs> yes. That, yes. That, that Creed one. music video. You know. <laughs> no, I think it's where they both had to keep their foot Was in Michael a tire. B. Jordan? So each of them had their foot, their like opposing mm-hmm. foot in a tire and they were not allowed to remove they it. They did a three-legged race. So you basically, they have to stay punching. close to each other so they can't fully retreat. Mm. And so it added that element to the fight where like now they're attached at the arm. So all the punches are close in. Jeez. Their bodies are tight together. It's just... Mm-hmm. Their sweaty muscles rubbing <laughs> up against really, each other. You, just, you feel the arousal <laughs> in yourself. erect nipples. <laughs> well, I had, in the blimp scene, I had flashbacks to like episode three or, or just like fight scenes that maybe go on too long. Okay. And it's things like that that fix that or solve that problem. You need to change the, the rules or the conditions of the fight to keep it interesting as it goes yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. And that was like perfect. Yeah, and yeah. we talked about like the sort of Axis chemicals, ace chemicals type scenes where it's like catwalks and there's there's like a vertical quality to the fight yeah. as well as, you know, the lateral movement. And so I think anything like that that can keep the scenery evolving with the action. That's why car chases are so exciting. And, you know, when done right. Stuff mm-hmm. like that. And really uninteresting when done poorly <laughs> they, they didn't really do just a lot with of the it. green screen through the windows or like a fast and the furious like the later ones i have fun with those movies but they're so disconnected oh, they're from ridiculous. reality that it's like you, you don't feel anything because like that couldn't possibly happen you would all be dead your body a human body can't take that sort of yeah yeah force slamming into objects like that well it might be realistic but past that I was going to say, uh, was it faster than 35 miles an hour? Because according to Hugo Strange, that's as, most as, the, as much as the <laughs> human body can speed. take. Uh, okay, right. So they're cuffed together, and then as a clever subversion in the writing, Batman says, I paid Houdini $100 for this trick or something, <laughs> and he fucking slips the cuffs and cuffs Gordon to the rail. And that's his response to it because Gordon like 
lunges at him to go for him and realizes he's, he's now stuck. handcuffed to the rail. And yeah. that's his response. Like, I paid Houdini 300 bucks for that. Yeah, which I really like. And Right before I punched him in the stomach and he died of internal bleeding. <laughs> 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 then Gordon, being such a zealot here. Batman's like, it's accepts- over. I'm going to take you in. Yeah, it's done. And, and he's like, no, nah, I will not be brought down by the system. Like, And he just fucking like backs up Slowly. into the fire. He just walks casually, determined, into the fire. And, and then you hear his agonizing screams. Burns up. Yeah, man. Which is like, again, just a, that sounds like a weird thing to say, but that's a great choice because if he backed into the fire and just silently died, that's yeah. like... Like ridiculous, yeah. Uh-huh. But again, if you think back on like, okay, I was talking about the Latter Day Saints murders. Think to David Koresh and Waco. These are guys who were in it for the long haul, right? Mm-hmm. And this long standoff with the FBI and all this shit, and their whole families are inside, and babies are inside, and all this stuff, and they are still fucking, no, you're not going to fucking do this to us, and they're not letting them go out to safety, and like, no, you're fucking, we're all in this goddamn shit together, and it wasn't until the fucking place burned to the ground that it ended. Like, there was just, you know, when you're that entrenched in belief, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like any terrorist organization around the world. Like, it's that fucking conviction. Well, especially... Scary conviction. Especially when it comes along with the promise of this is not your only life. Yes. It's sure. Like it's very yeah, easy yeah. to... I mean, it's probably not easy. You still have to be sure. really far gone, but yeah. it's easier to do things like that because they can tell themselves, this is just the test. Exactly. Yes. This eternity lies beyond. Totally. Or if All I have to do is pass this test. Sure. Which is... That's the scariest thing for me is like when they don't value their own human life because... They're thinking about their real life. What, what's later. next? You yeah. know, right? So, like, oh, none of this shit matters anyway. Like, no, no, motherfucker, this this is what matters the most, dude. But that's or, why he's a great villain. I mean, yeah. Or if the stuff that you do in life incentivizes, yes, like the afterlife. So you have one where, well, yeah, you, they're they're on their holy crusade. Yeah, man. exactly. You have the one version where it's just like whatever. I life is just a thing to get through. So it at best, like, helps you tolerate life because there's just this promise at the end or something. Well, because in a sense, it is sort of true. Like, life is just a thing you get to. And so, like, there's some kind of peace in that thought of, like, chill. Yes. That's, like, the better version of what you're talking about. Yes. Of, like, nothing is permanent. This too shall pass. All that kind of stuff. Sure. But then you also have the version of, like... Kill all these people? Yes. These old-timey versions of religion or something that, that actually has enemies and isn't all about love and actually hates a group of people or something. And, and I mean, not to make it too political, but I think abortion is the, the to bring us back to something light, the <laughs> prime one, because when I think of that, it's the idea of, it's not just like you need to do good to go to heaven. It's like, if you tolerate this, yes. you will go to hell. Yeah. So now not only is it like you have your eternal it's life. Like, it's I like, can't abide your Yeah. I'm going to be tortured forever. If I let you do this. Exactly. I, um, mm. I just can't let yeah. you do this. Now, back to the fucking comic book story. <laughs> Batman and Selina escape from the fire just as the Ferris wheel collapses behind them. Alfred pulls up on the carriage and the street kids help them get inside. Batman sarcastically asks if the kids belong to Alfred, who says, no, sir, they belong to you. The end. Well, he bought them. <laughs> I thought you hadn't watched this. Yeah, I just did. <laughs> so, 
Any Easter eggs that we didn't talk about? I didn't notice any. Oh, you haven't got through the whole book, have you, right? Yeah, I read the book last night. Is there anything in there? I was mostly just taken by how different the whole thing was. Yeah. Everything. Like, I don't know if you guys have watched the Hush adaptation. No, Mm, I didn't. But they grossly tamper with the core mystery of that series and it does not make it better. (laughs) And this, I just felt like both stand alone as great pieces of work. That's awesome. You know? Cool. And they complement each other. But yeah, I, I I didn't necessarily pick up a bunch of little like, oh my God, and they did this little, you know. Sure. It was more so like, I'm reading this completely different thing and going, oh, okay, well, Batman did figure it out and solve it while he was arrested. So that still makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah. So there's certain things that are, they'll use the same idea but the entire execution of it is different. Hmm. You know, context is different. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Is the color palette similar in it to the cartoon? I like the color palette. It reminds me of the remastered year one. You know, similar era, but it's cool tones and muted sort of Is it vibes. like Mike Mignola's other stuff where it's like a lot of black? I don't really know. Is there a lot of black in it? Yeah, is there a lot of black in it? Put it this way, I spent a good amount of time trying to find a hardcover version of it online last night because there's a deluxe hardcover that looks really nice. The only thing I could find that was not $100, because they're rare, I guess, was there's a noir edition of the Gaslight book. It's a nice hardcover. and There's there's one on eBay right now that's pretty cheap, and I looked at it. all black and white. Yeah, but I looked at those black and white inked pages. And then I was like, yeah, that looks pretty cool. And then I pulled open the book again. I was like, no, but I love the coloring in mm. this book. Like I, I wouldn't trade that at all. And it's interesting because in general, I've been critical of the earlier books that we've read in terms of coloring. And with this, it was so well done. Even my original fucking copy from back then that was like, it, it looks great. So... Honestly, I wouldn't change a thing. I'd like to flip through that sometime because Hellboy has like the best color palette I've seen in stuff, but it's very, there's not a lot of gradients in it. Yeah, they're just like solid black. Yeah, everything is like a bucket fill for a space on the color. The way that it's coordinated is like insane, but there's not of like a lot of colors fading and blah, blah, blah. This reminds me a lot of, I've never read From Hell, but I have it and I've flipped through it. Um, is it from the same era as an 80s book? Um, yeah. This book is from the 80s? Oh, I didn't know that. I thought yeah. this was a recent thing. No, this no, came no. out in 89. This is like and so it was some like, of Mignola's would be, like early, early work. I didn't know that at all. Yeah. yeah, it'd be like, what would Gotham be? I think on the back cover, it said 100 years ago. So uh-huh. instead of 1989, it's 1889. Yep, copyright 1989. It's known for being, I believe, the first ever Elseworlds story. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. I love this kind of stuff. Uh, When you. Yeah, yeah, my God. Grizzly, gruesome, horror murders. Yeah, when the whores are being slaughtered, that's. 
I gotta it go. War- it warms my heart. Uh, <laughs> These are gross. I just I love looking at people's older work. Yeah. Like what is similar, what's not similar at all, um, how it must have informed their current work. Yeah. That's so cool. And the even just the thought of like Mike is known for Hellboy. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that he ever worked on Batman until after I finished Hellboy. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Like when you see those people who get famous for their own creator yes. things later, and then you see some like, oh, but he did Wolverine for four years or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or like Frank Miller doing Daredevil. Or, like or that kind of, speaking of Frank oh. Miller, is like, well, actually, we, we talked about Tim Sale, like Long Halloween versus like Dark Victory being way better, and then fucking Wynn and Rome being like, who, this is a different guy. This yeah. is amazing. You know? yeah. But Frank Miller being a great example, that stack of books right there, because I knew him from his artwork anyway, from Dark Knight Returns mm-hmm. and Strikes Again and that shit. And then fast forward to like his modern stuff that's really hit or miss. Mm-hmm. And for me, picking up Sin City was like, oh my God, it's this... Yeah this magic middle era where he's like learned all the things and come up with this holy, like he was an original, right? But like this, Mm. this is something else and it's just black and white and it's just fucking amazing. And to me reading that stuff was like a revelation, you know, like, oh man, now I get the legend of this, you know. Yeah, Yeah, that's why a guy like him is allowed to take so many chances otherwise because they're like, You've made magic, so yeah. Here's some money. I hope you and do it again. And you've done yeah. it by taking bold risks. So, yeah. like, mm-hmm. the only way you can create like that is if you try and fail. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, like you gotta. I think it's neat too. I think what Ben was getting at is like people rarely show up and like hit it on the first thing with their own creator. Yeah, creator. yeah. Mike wasn't just like Hellboy and just right. made it. So it's cool to see that a person was like the lowly dude at Marvel or yeah. something like that. You know, it's like he was Vince a- Gilligan wrote for X-Files. Yeah. Or uh-huh. uh, the Mad Men guy was like a writer on Sopranos. Like that where you see like, oh, that's where they cut their teeth mm-hmm. working uh-huh. for this other famous thing or well-known thing that you didn't realize. Yeah. And learning from the fucking best, you know, applying that later. Now, my question though was Easter eggs. <laughs> uh, I have one. I didn't. I, have one. I think I said Matt Walsh from the... Mad Men, but Matt Walsh is some like conservative Twitter guy. <laughs> Matt's something, I think, is the Mad Men guy. There's <laughs> a funny mix-up that always happens with entertainment journalist Kevin McCarthy getting <laughs> people blasting him for his Republican policies on Twitter. <laughs> and he'll post them sometimes, and he'll be like, I'm sorry that I gave... Ant-Man, Quadramania, or whatever, such a, whatever it's called, Quantumania, such a bad review. I just felt that strongly about it. I didn't think it was going to affect the lives of so many, you know, <laughs> fucking poor children or whatever, you know, like, and so he'll come up with these funny responses to all of them because they have the exact same name and no one goes to check whose Twitter handle they're oh tagging. Gosh. But the one thing that I wrote down that we didn't mention is, I learned this from the IMDb Trivia the big prison bully that Batman fights, or that Bruce fights, rather, is Cyrus Gold, who goes on to become Solomon Grundy. I didn't even know Solomon Grundy's mm. origin oh, that's really cool. story. But I thought, yeah, that was interesting. That's a very, like, deep cut. Yes. Yeah. Now, I want to uh, give Evan the unique chance to go first today in the pros. Are you going to watch this? That's my first question. Yeah, I'll, 
Well, I don't mean that like, are yeah, you going to watch this? Will. I mean, you just watched it. Were you, are, you, yeah, are, yeah. are you interested from this whole discussion to uh, Yeah, to and see honestly, it? I had been for a long time and had just never gotten around You're to like, watching this. You're like, oh yes, this. we're finally going to watch yeah, the tight. doom that came to yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the doom that came to Gotham the for an hour go- and a half? The doom uh, that came uh, to Gotham by Gaslight. Oh, wow. That other one was, was tight too. It was good? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've heard it was <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, it is good. <laughs> it was another one where I was skeptical, but I heard good things. They actually have a very similar time period thing going on. It looks really dope. The character art is cool. I like the color palette and I'm always open to I'm always open to a lot of things but I think that you can come up with a version of something where I just don't think fits at you know I don't like need Batman in space like or that movie yeah. about uh, the Batman the western world, the, and, um, the famous bad pirate from history yeah 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 um, <laughs> it was just lackluster Bat they didn't beard. Really <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Batbeard the pirate Batman has been a pirate also by the way just as, a, as an aside was he that was, also Curse of the White Knight? No, that was <laughs> like, that was some, after some universe altering thing where he got sent back in time and he was like a pirate and he was a bunch of things. Anyway, sorry. Uh, I'd this, probably, this is me uh, adding that to season four. Yeah, <laughs> rad. And additionally, I, I do like the times when stuff gets tied to history in interesting ways, either to like ground this fiction in our world or I just think Maybe it comes from Indiana Jones or something, but I've just always thought that this, like creating fiction out of real life Mm. is interesting, especially when it has to do with the occult or these like old timey mystery worlds or something. And done intelligently. Because I haven't even, I haven't seen or read the Da Vinci Code, but I feel like that's like a, a, to say nothing of the quality, whether they're fun or engaging or not, an example of like just stupid it was actually Michelangelo wrote this thing and invented spaceships and like that kind of stuff versus like <laughs> mm-hmm. what you're talking about. Yeah, totally. Or it, this. It, it has to be. It, yeah, that doesn't mean that like blanket pass anybody trying that does a good job at it. I just tend to think that it's fun if that's a genre. Then. And I don't necessarily like that. So if you can take that type of a story that's a, period piece from a time in which I am utterly unfamiliar. Sure. I mean, m- most of my knowledge of the 1800s comes from like westerns and, you know, maybe movies like There Will Be Blood or something like that kind yeah. of stuff that's set at the turn of the century. But like, in I America. don't. Yeah, yeah. But like, I really had no context for a story like this. And so if you can make that relatable and make you care about the characters right away then fucking bravo man like i was that's why i think i was so impressed not only is it just really solid story wise and and everybody doing their part but it was just like you with me have an uphill battle and kind of like ben on every Uh, episode of like no prove it to me i'm giving you my time let's fucking do this you know money now you want my time yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so i yeah i was really impressed that they were able to turn something that would normally alienate me or mm. make me not relate to it and land, you know, really stick the landing. Like yeah. That. Ben, okay. pros. The villain is just fantastic. Again, era appropriate, Batman appropriate. 
true to itself. There's a moment, I don't remember what it's in response to when they're having the Ferris wheel fight where Batman says something and Gordon's response as he's like punching Batman is, oh, the nuns beat that out of me. Yeah, the oh, left-handedness. That's oh, what it that's was. what it was. Yeah, he's like holding the knife with his left hand. And mm-hmm. He's like, oh, left-handed. That's what Batman says to him. He's like, oh, the nuns beat that out of me, yeah. except for when I do Jack's work. Mm-hmm. But just like, okay, now you know he was like probably an orphan abused. And, and like abused by religious freaks. Traumatized. And, yeah. But subtle. You're not beating over not, the head with Not that. with the way that I'm going to explore. Again, with the, the Latter-day Saints murders, you see the family that they were raised in and this religious tyrant that was their father uh-huh. and the way that, you know, like they misbehaved and so he kills their pet right in front of them as children, you know, shit like that. They're like, no wonder they grew up so fucked up, you yeah. know, like it just... And that's why I like that show Mindhunter that you got me into because it's like there's always a fucking story there. You yeah, know? and the idea and of so if you could they figure give out- you a little depth in this Gotham by Gaslight version, like they take a complete mystery. We don't know who it was, right? And they plant him in this universe. They do tell you who it was. But they also assign some motivation and stuff. And there's a brief moment, and it's clear he's doing this because he's like unhinged and whatever. But even a moment where he says. I was tasked with cleaning up this city. Yes. And I can never do it because it's, it will always be corrupt and dirty, but like, yeah. that, that, that's an element of it as well. He's like, this is my job. I have to do this. Wasn't there a line hmm. where they're talking about, is your parents, like, is that why you... She said, did you make them pay? Yeah, like and they, they can said, never like, pay enough. Yeah, and they would never, yeah, exactly. Right. It, it couldn't happen. I can't make them all pay and that can't be what it's about. Yeah, which I like. Also, this my other pro is these gloves are awesome. Mm. Batman wearing gloves. Sometimes I don't know how I feel about it. Like literal, like thick, like a writer's gloves or something yeah, like that. I, uh, I like a glove that stops at the wrist. <laughs> these uh, go past and they flare out. Oh, okay. But I like it because it reminds me of Zero Year. Yeah. Or just some of those other, maybe even Batman One Hundred or One Thousand, whatever the one. Year One Hundred. Year 100. Year 100. I feel like he had interesting gloves or something like that. Yeah. They might even be brown. Was that a Raphael yeah. the, 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 like, book? Um, no, it's Paul Pope. Right. Okay, okay. Sim- similar uh, style. style. There's things about this costume that I'm not super into, but that element I like a lot. I like the whole like double snaps on the chest thing. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't really know what that looks like underneath or something. I, I was thinking in the Rocketeer, he has like... That's he has the button snaps zippers, on one side or like a oh, zipper, yeah, you're right, you know, because right. it's not centered. It's off to one side. And yeah. so I don't really get what's going on in the middle of it. But uh, he has his dick in his chest. And so he needs that to yeah, open up and go to the back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that his costume is tight. Like if you. Um, it's an alternate in one or two of the video games. It looks pretty cool in oh, 3D. Really? Really? Yeah. I think it's neat if you take away that from Batman because in the past it was like his utility belt. Yeah. Like that's where the crap is. But now in newer versions it's like it's body armor and everything is protected and I get the feeling that this Batman is just wearing clothes. And, and like a, a leather jacket basically. Yeah. So I, I, I think that that's cool when he's like I've got an idea it's got a theme it's supposed to scare people but pretty much it's just a look thing because the technology doesn't exist to protect you like it will in the future so you're just wearing cool clothes there's a scene in i think it was that tom king batcat thing that's like remember he had like he spits out his tooth and it's like a gas canister or some shit and he uses it to 
escape from his whatever. But there's a scene where Whoa, he's like stripped down and Dune. Is it Dune? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I can't remember what book that was. I, no, I, I, I think I, it was a Scott Snyder thing. But well, anyway. there's the there's the Court of Owls where the Robin has it in there as like the yeah. No, not that. But it was like he dislodges something in his own mouth and like spits it out. It's while, a razor blade tied and up. it cuts the next person's throat. <laughs> but <laughs> in the Tom King's thing, it, there's a scene where he's locked up or cuffed or something, and he's he's dressed down. He's he's practically naked. He's got nothing, and he takes his go on. No, and he <laughs> um, <laughs> and he bends his knee and picks at the sole of his foot and pulls a fucking like needle. Ugh. That he just always has in the bottom of his foot, apparently, and uses it to pick a lock. And I was like, "Oh, that's Ugh. the most Batman shit ever!" Like, even when I'm fucking tied up naked, I can still pick this. I've handcuff got needles lock. hidden in There's my body. A, uh, I've seen that in multiple things, like a, a handcuff key lodged in a wrist or something like that. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen. I feel like I've seen something like that where uh, there's like a needle in like softer tissue because it it would feel like less if it was. You know, in your elbow or something <laughs> yeah, like, like that. Along the boat. Through your weenus. There's a funny joke version <laughs> of that in um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine where Rosa and Amy get framed for something and they're going to end up going to jail. And they're like, we're cops. We can't go to jail. Oh, man, we got to start hiding razor blades in our mouth. And the woman who said that, Rosa, <laughs> pulls one out of her mouth. She already had one that she just keeps in there. <laughs> Rosa is a badass. Uh, last thing I forgot to mention when I was just talking about the selling me on a premise that I'm skeptical of, Lonely City. We just did Catwoman, yeah. Lonely City, uh, and this is the same effect. Of yeah, that's like, exactly what I thought. Uh, okay, we'll see what happens. I'm you know? just picturing like almost more like a long Halloween thing where it's just we're seeing every single Batman thing except they're wearing top hats. Yeah. Like just that. <laughs> for, like, okay. Everybody's got a monocle. There weren't enough monocles in this. Yeah, it's true. The, oh, but in the um, let's get to cons. Not enough the, monocles. Uh, courtroom scene or whatever. There was a lot of monocles in the background, and mm. I like that. I like when you end up liking things that you were skeptical about. I feel like it means less if I enjoy something because I'm just already open to stuff. I but, don't think but it's so. Like, it's like a I'm, double victory. I'm more prone to like the Batman stuff. And so, so sometimes I'm like, what do you guys think? And you're like, well, I mean, are you really thinking of me or you just, you just like it, you know? But so you're, but you're it, also, can, it can happen both ways. You, like, you kind of hide your and guard your your sacred image of Batman. I so mean, there's a lot don't. of, look at that shelf. There's a lot of Batmans on that shelf. To, for the listeners, he's just Yeah, I know, but how many of them are like? <laughs> there's nothing in front of him. Yeah. It's a fully stocked bookshelf. Come on. But how many of those are like steampunk Batman from the 1800s? Oh, there's 17 of those. I'm sure. I mean, for the (laughs) 17th time that I brought this up, have you read? Oh, you can use my number now, huh? Yeah. I went tried to go somewhere else. It was one of those things where like you're not supposed to look at the thing you're trying to avoid. Like if you're driving, and I was looking at the number, I was trying to find a different number, and Mm. I was looking at 17. I see. So I said 17. (laughs) Have you read? She was just 17. You just, if you know what I mean. In in response to your thing today, I, I I didn't do it, but you said. I'll bring the heroin. You bring the needles. Yeah, and, and I, I was like, God, no write, response, guys. Like, I don't know how to respond. I'll to you bring the monkeys that. if you bring the Beatles. That's that was. Oh, my wow. Yeah. Have you read any of the Batman and Dracula stuff? No, not yet. I have one story. There's an order. So you should probably read them in order. Well, that's I think what I found. Two or three of them, maybe. Oh yeah. 
that's another one I think of that I because it's Kelly Jones. It's sealed. just like a pleasure to look at his work. But interesting, weird stories that mess with your idea of Batman a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, usually I like to keep the show positive and do things that are they're either so bad they're really fun to talk about, or something that you know we can genuinely enjoy together. And so a lot of times, if I get an oddball, I'll like read it first and uh-huh. see like, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll put that on the list, you know. So it that's been sitting there that I haven't gotten to. But may, hey, maybe if it's fucking Halloween week that we're recording this. Maybe I'll bust it out. Any cons to speak of? I know it's harder for you to yeah. say shit. <laughs> like, you know, the voice acting uh, just uh, yeah. wasn't great on mute. Yeah, cons when I get the assignment wrong. <laughs> That's why I asked. I was like, okay, send me a picture. What are we reading and watching, please? One, before and I, I do sent this. him a screenshot of our conversation of like, I said, hey, Ben's back in. We're good this weekend. And, so, and it had that picture on there. So I was like, cool. Then I don't have to reiterate or anything. One more priority. Let's just rub it into him longer. Can we do one more level of this? You idiot. Shaming. Just another problem worth mentioning. Bruce Greenwood is just awesome Batman. Yeah. And I honestly, wish- Jennifer Carpenter is great. There's a whole other fucking cast that is not even really mentioned in the main credits here. And I think partially because, you know, you don't want to put Gordon too high. Yeah. But mm. both just fucking great performances as the lead roles. The performances in general are fantastic, but just Bruce Greenwood is a great Batman voice. Yeah. Of all the different Batman voices. I love his take on the character. Yeah. I also want to mention now that I'm talking about Jennifer, this is how different the book is. Catwoman isn't in the book. At all. No. Well, she's the second build character in this story. Her relationship to our character and the relationship to the killer and all that, completely invented for this. I think that's kind of cool too, because then it's like alternate reality for an alternate reality. Yeah. All right. Cons. Any cons? Just sometimes that 3D animation bothered me in those instances I'm talking about. Where it's anytime you see a chariot driver coming at you, he looks like a weird doll. Um, <laughs> but that was pretty minor. You don't like weird dolls coming at you like Jigsaw or Chucky? <laughs> no. no you're right, though. Even going through it, there's a lot of CG horses <laughs> coming <laughs> at my face that, that could have looked what? cooler. CG horses CG coming, horses coming on okay, my face. That's what I thought. All right. Yeah. My only con is that I really wish that there was some kind of epilogue because it does sort of just abruptly end. And I would love to see, as I mentioned, which I think happens in Cursed, Bruce sneak back into Blackgate and Selena comes forward with what happened. You know, Batman saved me and fucking it was Gordon. And then they find his body. They find his shit in his house and he's exonerated and in the press and, and everywhere. I would love to see Bruce go free and, you know, wind up with Selena. I think this is actually one of those stories where you could just have a happy ending with a bow on it and it would kind of be perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that it's lean though. Yes. It'd be an easy one, especially because the time period to do one of those um, newspaper headline montages or something <laughs> like that. To, to yeah, you could just do a quick, like, bam, bam, bam. Read all and about then, it. Extra, yeah. Yeah, extra. Yeah, I mean, Commissioner that's, Gordon, that's the fan killer. And yeah. then a quick scene with them. Or you could even Horror's go... dead. <laughs> you could even roll credits in the way that they do where they push it to the side and yeah, you're yeah. showing the stills mm-hmm. that drive home the aftermath. Yeah, totally. Without actually having to like dedicate ten minutes, ten more minutes to um, yeah the rest of the story. Okay, ratings. 
Evans is inconsequential here. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to uh, not participate like, in that this time. Yeah, yeah. This is our first um, boat hold. It does look cool, <laughs> and I will watch it. I did want to watch, watch it. an extended trailer and today, I, and I and I will watch it still. <laughs> oh, it's a four and a half or a five for me. Just wow. like, I couldn't decide. Honestly, I I could go back and forth either way. Sometimes when I think about it, it feels a little hollow. Like maybe there's not enough meat or something to it, but I was no, going to say really Easter good. Bunny hollow, and then you said meat, and I was like, that sounds disgusting. Ew. <laughs> yeah, chocolate Easter Bunny chocolate. full of meat. Yeah, with just raw <laughs> steak. Like a, it's like a Irish thing or yeah. <laughs> corned beef <Yeah>. and chocolate. <laughs> but no, I think I lean on the side of it being really, really good. Yeah, maybe just because it doesn't have much of a, um, and it doesn't need, but it doesn't have like a moral necessarily. There's no big takeaway other than like... I mean, they just show you how shitty the misogynist is. They yeah. don't really yeah. proselytize. I mean, a little bit, I guess, through Selena and Leslie, but part of that just being there's no real resolution at the end. That's mm-hmm. the only thing I knock it for. So, I, yeah, I think I'll stick four and a half. On the next episode, I am going to single-handedly review The Doom That Came to Gotham, <laughs> and you guys are going to watch it while I talk about it. Sounds great. Yeah. All right, that is our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I do want to apologize for the technical difficulties. We actually watch the sound waves on the screen so we can catch it if this happens. But we did miss the preamp shorted out a little bit on Ben's mic. So apologies for that. As always, give us a five-star rating and review on Apple or Spotify. Just drop a little sentence. Say, Sammy told me to do this. I like the show. The end. We appreciate it. Now, Maybe my favorite artist we haven't talked about at length since the first month of this show in 2019. So nearing the end of this season, I wanted to bring it back to 2008, the origin of DC Black Label. It's Brian Azzarello and Lee Bermejo. Stay tuned for Joker.